So I think we can really uh, deal individually with the person in growth a lot more effectively sometimes than in a large group. Uh, and I liken it a little bit to my practice, which I had uh, for a number of years. I'd say I would have 20 patients on my schedule during that day. And I could, instead of spending 15 minutes with each one who would have a, a heart problem or a lung problem or uh, pain or indigestion and address that, I could bring them all into a room and, and give them a lecture for half an hour on the benefits of exercise, good diet, and say, boys, it's been a pleasure seeing you all today. Have a, have a great month and we'll see you next month. What is the value of individual versus group discipleship? You know, investing in an individual over a period of years seems to be a very slow way to say nothing about the work involved to make disciples. Is that really the most efficient way to reach the world for Christ? How did Jesus invest in people? Well, we see that he used a combination of group teaching and encouragement as well as individual investment. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today for this second of three podcasts featuring my interview with Dr. Richard Spann. I wanted to probe Dr. Spann's thoughts about some very practical ways we can make disciples today. We start today by discussing how to encourage someone to start a daily devotional time with the Lord. I think it's a it's a heart hunger that God gives a person, and I can see that from another person. And I think if I meet with him, I can share my own desire, how God gave me that desire years ago, how he continues to give me that desire, what it has meant to me, and, and how I go about doing that. And then I can uh, ask him if he is willing to begin that sort of venture together. We look at some scriptures together in the Bible, or as we uh, pray together, or as we, we look at a book together. And uh, in some cases, I've, um, I've met with individuals where we've just gone through a book, and I'm really now in two of the men I'm meeting with, I'm just going through a book. And one of them were in Luke, the other were in Acts. And the other day, one of them mentioned to me, like you, like you said, how do I, you know, some days I feel like reading the Bible and other days I don't, you know, what, what do you think I ought to do? And I said, uh, and I was tempted not to say this, but I told him this. I said, uh, you know, I remember reading an individual who was asked that question once and he said, if we feel like reading the Bible, we should take advantage of such a feeling immediately. It is it's a gift from God. If we don't feel like reading the Bible, we need to go over and pick up the Bible and read it because it is dangerous to say in such a deplorable condition as that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> which, which I shared with him. And I think he realized maybe a little bit of what I was saying that Part of what we do is, in life is to establish a habit, a discipline. And I was visiting with a friend this morning who had some questions about discipline, and I related to him that uh, discipline is a good servant, but it is a bad master. <laughs> in other words, 
uh, disciplines are a means to an end to bring us into contact with Christ so that we can enjoy his love and grace and mercy and get to know him and love him. But if we're at a point where we view discipline as something that uh, we must do in order to be accepted of God, that we must do in order to feel good about ourselves or to please someone else, then it becomes a bad master. Thank you. You have said several times over the years, Richard, that uh, the Lord has given the Kansas Community's ministry with the Navigators um, a real heart for individuals, and that that's kind of a niche that you feel like the Lord has given us one to, has given us one to one relationship with people. Help us a little bit understanding how that works in terms of one-on-one relationships and then how to get people involved in groups and the value of a small group versus one-on-one discipling. Yeah, thank you. And I I think there's a couple of ways to uh, approach this. And I think sometimes we meet people in a group. And I think in a group, we can look and see people. And for years, we would have a large group, memorize the word in our home or in a church. Or we would be part of a Bible study or, let's say, perhaps a Sunday school class that we are participating in. And uh, I remember a speaker from Oklahoma once described these as fishing pools or sorting pools, whether in church or our home, in which we can see and observe individuals. And we can see from a group setting who is faithful, available, and teachable. And it's, it's those people, the faithful and available and teachable, that uh, the Lord would ideally want us to meet with because they will make, uh, they're, they're more teachable. Obviously, they're going to learn quicker. They're going to make an impact. Second Timothy 2, 2 says that we should spend our time with faithful people who should be able to teach others also. So I think a group affords the opportunity to really find out who's faithful and who is going to make an impact, and who God really wants us to spend time with. Uh, so I think there's that value in a, in a group setting initially to see that. And then as we take that person apart, we, uh, apart from the group, we can visit with them and find out individually what their specific uh, needs are, what their past has been. We're all unique individuals. Uh, we need things which are addressed to our uh, selves in terms of uh, unique needs and strengths. And uh, so I think we can really uh, deal individually with the person in growth a lot more effectively sometimes than in a large group. Uh, And I liken it a little bit to my practice, which I had uh, for a number of years. Let's say I would have 20 patients on my schedule during that day. And I could, instead of spending 15 minutes with each one uh, who would have a, a heart problem or a lung problem or uh, pain or indigestion and address that, I could bring them all into a room and, and give them a lecture for half an hour on the benefits of exercise, good diet, and avoiding uh, smoking and, and drinking and uh, carousing about and watching your weight and say, boys, it's been a pleasure seeing you all today. Have a, have a great month and we'll see you next month. It would have addressed none of their specific problems, 
and given them pretty general information. So I think personally, we, we need to be more specific and we can share individually with some problems and issues that they would not feel comfortable to share in a group. And we can likewise individual our comments and illustrations of our life for maximum growth. Once, however, they reach a point where they are a disciple and really begin to have a heart for ministry, then I think we can take them into a group and train them as a group, like we have for our teams, where we have the advantage of mutual encouragement, mutual prayer support, uh, mutual examples, common teaching. And so we can grow from that. That will not take the place of the individual time, I think, but it will add to that in a way that will strengthen their growth and development. So I think we need both at some points in our relationship with people. But too often, I think the value of the individual time is neglected overall in, in the Christian work. You mentioned the word teams, and I think uh, Jim Morris and others initially envisioned um, establishing teams, various teams in Wichita and subsequently around the state. Can you flesh out a little bit more on what a team looks like in terms of the navigator model that the Kansas Communities Ministry has has I felt think, like is helpful? Right. Thank you. And I, I think this, this model was geared on, on Paul. In his teams, he had various teams that he worked with, and uh, they went out different places. He corresponded with them, he visited with them, prayed for them. And the idea is there that you have a common objective, I think Jim said, common objective of and vision of it, certain division of labor, common sense, uh, a strong sense of love and loyalty, an accepted leader. And these are some of the hallmarks of a team. But I do think that there is there's encouragement from being with one another. There is accountability, which is important for the, for the work that God has given us. So encouragement, accountability, uh, and I think the example of other team members. Uh, so these are some of the things that I think the Lord uses in a team. It is of interest that uh, in the last 10 years, different studies have been done of various campus organizations, including the Navigators, Campus Crusade, Navigators, University, Young Life, Student Mobilization. It doesn't really matter what group you have been with. You can have a very effective ministry in college and be actively leading others to Christ and discipling them for the period of four years. Uh, and you can leave, get out into the world. You can uh, marry, have a job, kids. You can attend a very a Christ-centered church. You can be involved with church leadership. You can tithe. You can sing in the choir. You can become an elder or deacon. But if you do not have a team that you're with, if you do not have a group of individuals that will stimulate and guide you to which you are accountable and will give you prayer support, encouragement, uh, 90% of these fail to make disciples. They lose their cutting edge for Christ. And as Leroy Imes says, they join the moving herd of Christmas. 
and fail to fail to make a difference. So I think I think teams are very important, and I think I joined a team back in 1973. So I've been on teams for 49 years, and I would say were it not for the teams that have been a part of my life, I would not have been uh, nearly as faithful to the calling that, that Christ has given me. Well, we all want to make a difference, don't we? We want to avoid being a part of that mooing herd of Christendom that Leroy Imes mentioned. You know, this was some great encouragement today from Dr. Spann as he reminds us of the tremendous importance of pouring into the individual, but also the great importance of staying connected to a team of believers who want to make disciples. I know you won't want to miss our next podcast when Dr. Spann shares some great ideas on evangelism, as well as how to invest in the lives of our children and grandchildren, right here on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.